You're listening to the Black Box Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we're talking to artists about what it's like to get your music heard in the ever-changing music industry, Uh, how it is to use tools like social media and other platforms as an independent artist in a changing music business. Today we sit down with Santa Barbara, California's Ruben Zarate of Dante Elefante. Ruben talks to us about his band's early recordings with Foxygen's John Rado, and how they prepared for delivering music during a pandemic, and even starting their own Dante Elefante podcast. Here's more from Ruben now. How's it going? You're listening to the Black Box Music Podcast. We're sitting here today with Ruben Zarate from Dante Elefante. Ruben, here's a few things that we learned about you before jumping into the interview. Uh, We know that you formed around 2010 in Santa Barbara. Your music's been described from anywhere yeah. from alt-surfed rock to indie rock. But it was in 2012's The German Aquatics album that we first heard of you guys, which rolled into 2015. We saw the release of Anglo-Saxon Summer that you released with L.A.-based record company Lollipop Records and was produced by John Rado of uh, Foxygen fame. We saw songs like Never Trust a Junkie and Twin Lakes. They've been heard on radio and on the Rodney Bingerheimer's K-Rock show, which is awesome. We saw you reach number nine in the most added song in the CMJ Top 200 Ads chart. Your press darlings, the likes of Brooklyn Vegan, Consequence of Sound, uh, Funny or Die, Flood Magazine. Uh, 2018, we heard Call Me, the song that I love by you guys on uh, your Rare Attractions release. Uh, You toured, enjoyed the streaming success of the song. But in the meantime, you continue to host your own Dante Elefante podcast where you sit down with other musicians, comics, and actors, and an in-depth conversation about their craft, or just nothing at all. Welcome to the show, Ruben from Dante Elefante. Howdy, howdy, how are you guys doing? Thank you. Yeah, doing well. Good, good man. So, so we uh, up your career for you in uh, 30 seconds right there. So uh, we're going to dive into something. <laughs> the last, <laughs> we're going to get a little more granular. <laughs> yeah, the last 10 years. That you, you literally just summed up my 20s <laughs> in, uh, in, one, in 30 seconds. Yeah. It's, Thanks for coming on. Been, it's been, oh, thank you, man. Yeah, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy run. Uh, I started this band when I was 20, and I just turned 30 this year. Excellent. So, so yeah. There was like a big gap the first two years. We kind of just spent on like playing mm-hmm. a lot and like not really recording a lot because recording's always been so foreign to us. So, so just kind of like getting into playing and being a great live band was like super important. And uh, yeah, and so we didn't release anything for the first two years. So I don't know. It feels like the band started like in 2013. Mm-hmm. Or, and like where you really guys started in 2015. Where are you guys from then? Where, where did the band start out? I know you live in Santa Barbara now, right? Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Santa Barbara, and uh, I met all the guys off Craigslist. Um, I put a Craigslist ad out because I just didn't have anyone to play with, and everyone I was playing with was either had moved, had moved uh, were in the military, or were still on drugs. So I couldn't, like, I was like, I can't really <laughs> collaborate with these people anymore. So, so I moved on and did a Craigslist ad, and I was also playing drums for like a bunch of other like garage punk bands but that wasn't like fulfilling enough so yeah i just got on the craigslist and i I slowly met everyone they all went to ucsb none of them were from santa barbara and yeah made best friends out of that it was cool that's that's cool and so you did you start out as a drummer and then or did you learn that second yeah yeah i uh i did drums first drums are my uh first can relate to that nick was a drummer and became a front man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. I was uh, just drums never 
I love playing drums. They're just fun to play. Mm -hmm. But it didn't kind of fulfill the creative itch. Maybe just like I, I, you know, like. I wanted the song to end up a certain way and it's always harder yeah. when you're not the one who wrote it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, and I just, I don't know. I just figured it out. I, I don't play a bunch of instruments. Like you, you seem like you play guitar. I don't play guitar. Mm. I just figured out how to write songs in the box, you know, like on my oh, computer there you go. and just yeah, put totally. words together and like, you know, figured all the, all the, all that stuff out. But I, and then I just got other people to play the shows. So, yeah, most most of the time it's just like a feeling thing, you know. Yeah. Like I just I just now taught myself. I'm teaching myself a theory through YouTube, and like it didn't hasn't really taught me a lot other than that there's um, there's words and and this scale why it sounds good. There's a reason why it sounds good. It's called this scale. I'm like, oh okay. And before I just like, oh this felt good because it felt good. But now I'm like, oh, okay, it has a name and. <laughs> I didn't just think of this shit in my head. It's it's a real thing, yeah. Right, right. Um, so you guys, yeah. you know, you did your German aquatic stuff. It's a lo-fi, some cool gems on there. But 2015, the the record you did like with John Rado, was that yeah. kind of like describe that experience? Like it must have been different. And actually, that's kind of the record that I hear things like Harry Nielsen. You know, I've heard some heard you say mm. that. You got into him for a while, but there's yeah. some sounds in the production, like the, the approach of it. How, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, of course, you know, we, we didn't really record a lot starting out, but then come 2012, we're like, okay, well, we have like these six songs that we did in six different studios, and it was always like paying hourly for studios. And and uh, my friend Dave Mount, who ended up managing us for like a couple of years was also mad was also tour managing Foxygen. So when he was on tour, when I guess that must've been, we are the 21st century ambassadors of peace and magic. He was on, they're just sitting in the van and he was like, Hey, check out my buddy's band. And, and, uh, Rado was like, Hey, I love these songs, but I hate these recordings. So <laughs> let's like, let's fix, let's fix that. So, um, yeah, we like lived with Rado for like 10 days and uh, we slept in his dad's, uh, what, uh, man, his man cave and, and kind of just pumped him out. Yeah, it took a little while, but we got... So how, how was that experience? Like, like walk, walk us through what it was like to work with a producer who got your music and, and could really add value to it. Yeah, transformed it. I like that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really nice, man. I learned a lot from Rado and um yeah he just took the tracks to a new place like it ended up not being oh we're paying 50 dollars an hour and we need to get this done or we're paying a thousand dollars a day it was like you have 10 days with this budget and uh let's just try everything and if it doesn't sound good then we don't use it and of course we were doing we were doing everything to tape so it was a little harder but like a lot of things like if we don't like that, let's just re-record over it or don't use it. Or also the limit, the limitations of using tape where we only had 12, 12 tracks. And it's like, do you want to put this here? Okay, well maybe we can do this. And it's like, you can't just go super crazy. That's why there's not a lot of background vocals. That's why there's not a lot of other things. Like sometimes you can't even hear, I don't know. It's, it, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a you complicated record. You kind of have to think about your own music me. differently, which is a, the benefit of a producer, but yeah. Yeah, you'd have to, instead of, oh, we only get two background vocal tracks now, you could say, how about the yeah. four of us get on a mic 
and do two of those mm-hmm. tracks now it's eight background vocals or whatever you know yeah that's ours you know totally. you see like the biopics of uh any old old studio sessions you know and and they'll all be standing around a mic singing and it's interesting because that's how they would get that's how they conserved tape space yeah it's how you use an eight track that's all that was available you know yeah so it was like a real old school way of recording which you know it's good it's good to go back at the start and then you work your way back to modern technology and then you feel more comfortable on pro tools and logic and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah yeah what um yeah. what what did it change like in your next productions and recordings like how did you reapproach music after that or or do you still use them yes uh no i, I we've gone we've gone digital for all of our next releases after that even though i i i want to keep going and doing it on you know analog on tape and mm-hmm. and uh but we haven't we just haven't had that that opportunity yet uh in a while well we did call me call me we did that with radio too and we that was all on tape oh cool um so that so that felt really good but then the rest of the record was all on digital so it was just like trying to make it all sound like it's tape but it's not it was all digital mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was really fun working with radio and and similarly he he has a love for harry nielsen and and uh Harry Nielsen's buried in Westlake Village where we recorded the record. And, oh, no way. And, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You so had to cool. have seen yeah. that. I didn't get the... Did you see the, the Harry, yeah, Harry takes... Nielsen documentary on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Life-changing. I learned about, um, I learned about Harry Nielsen uh, through, like, the Time Life, like, songs of the 60s, songs of the 70s, like, those compilation mm-hmm. programming, like, the the ads on TV and yeah. I would just sit on my computer. And um, if there was a song that I really liked, I would just go on LimeWire and download it. And everybody's, you know, everybody's talking. This That's like mm, freshman year of high school. That's kind of how I found out about Harry Nielsen. LimeWire. Yeah. Haven't heard that word in a while. Yeah. That's oh yeah. Uh, so what do you, what's up with the band right the second? What do you guys, are you guys playing? Are you writing? Um, so, so basically what happened with this pandemic is we had two tours canceled and I didn't have a label at the beginning of the year. Um, so I was like, okay, well maybe I'll just stop, start dropping singles. Like, cause I was sending the record out to labels and absolutely just, as soon as the pandemic hit, nobody was responding back to emails and Mm -hmm. it it was just like, I was like, wow, the music industry is done. What the hell happened? So, uh, I was like, I'm going to have to take this shit into my own hands and, and just start dropping singles. And maybe I'll, I bought a camera and it's like, oh, maybe it's time to, to start filming our own videos. And maybe it's time to start shooting our own art and, and do everything on our own because no, it seems like as soon as this pandemic hit, I was like, oh, well, maybe the music industry isn't pandemic proof. <laughs> and it's yeah, time to just right. like take control of your own project. And mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of, and yeah. I had the idea for the podcast um, in 2019, but I didn't really do it until 2020. It took like a year of like, how do I do this? And what gear do I need? And saving up money for the gear. And yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the story. It's and, interesting though, that it took a pandemic really to make a lot of artists realize that it's like up to them. You know, I mean, the just the yeah. old school mentality of I'm going to start a band, do a demo and shop the labels. Uh-huh. That's been dwindling since the record store. Then they started doing deals where they 
take a piece of your merch, they take a big piece of your licensing, then yeah. what happens when touring's gone and productions on films and TVs and commercials goes down? Yeah. Yeah. Their two big money makers are gone. So what do you do as an artist? I, it, I love that. I, it's inspiring for me to hear you say, yeah. yeah, I got a fucking camera. I got some recording software. This is what you have to do. Because it's sink or swim right now. I think mm -hmm. the, the artists that are going to be relevant or you know stronger at least in whatever this music business turns out to be when all this clears but yeah live streaming from twitch um you know patreon model stuff how can i directly yep. engage my fan base with me and get support from them on my own rather than you know, look every day to an empty inbox because record companies yeah. don't write me back, you know? Yeah, no one's, no one's emailing. Yeah, yeah, how long are you supposed to wait? Like, I think I, I took off, uh, uh, I would say until May. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I, I think I like laid off the podcast. I didn't know what I was gonna do. Do I feel comfortable on Zoom? Is this gonna be worth it? If like mm -hmm. the conversations are gonna be the same on Zoom, but like, I find that like, you know, if, if it's a good guest, it's a good guest and, and, I don't know, man. You just gotta keep going. Like it's totally true. Going. It's like that's anything, you know. It's, it's anything. Like when you like, first uh, started making tunes, you probably weren't as good as you are now, you know, because you've done so many totally. of them. Same with being on a Zoom. Yeah, I also I also agree with you though, Ruben. Is that I think if you look at most successes, most of them aren't rocket ships. You know, most of them are like just stacking of stuff you know in today's yeah. day like I, i'm gonna go there this is where i want to go with this question is which where do you think um, musicians need to be but like let's say for example you used to just get good have some songs and get in the van right and like yeah you know uh there was a book called get in the van like just, yeah, it yeah. is what it is right and so but nowadays if that's not a possibility, you've got, well, why don't I start a podcast? I know a bunch of people. This could yeah. be an interesting conversation. Um, let me do more Twitch shows. Let me figure out what like virtual concerts are like. Let me get other people to join. I don't know. There's like a million ways to go. There's a lot of opportunity. I think people are, are, are really starting to look to other things now. What do you think those other things are for a musician like, that you can control like pandemic might end come back it might be like kind of surging back and forth for the next two three years right so yeah who yeah. knows what do yeah, you think uh I, i'm i'm envious of the days where it was just be a good band and hit the road and that's all you needed to do but now it's not like that anymore like you said uh i think what's gonna have to happen is you're gonna have to put that shit away and realize that your band is a small business and mm -hmm. luckily Luckily, music is an e-commerce kind of thing. You're selling music online. You're selling your T-shirts online. Like, it can happen. It's really build your merch store. Like, yeah. become now Dante Elefante is a tiny clothing I'm working on hats next and and that's something scalable versus music, which isn't an, a physical object, which kind of like, what is it? What's the value of this? Thing that just floats in the air and it's on <laughs> spotify and it's, but a t-shirt is physical you know how much it costs you know how much to charge and and try to make a profit off t-shirts um uh, i think that's important i think twitch you know if it's 
streaming games, it's just like can get more engagement. What I would love to see is Instagram start becoming more like Twitch, you know, I, so I can plug my own camera and plug my own microphone in. It's like there's, there's still things that it's lacking. Also, like a tip feature. People, you can't really get tips on Instagram yet. And most of my fan base is on, on sorry, on Instagram instagram like you can on twitch and most of my fan base is on instagram and now i'm asking them to yeah. leave instagram and come to twitch and that's like impossible yeah so i know that's to- the thing it's like uh that's like the the number one issue when 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 platforms begin to not serve a particular audience yeah. like you got to you have this dilemma which is the, the people are already there. Like I log into Instagram, not because I'm looking for my favorite band to entertain me. I'm just going to browse through the feed and see what random shit's there. And hopefully yeah. something will be interesting enough for me to stick around. So I'm not thinking usually like, what is that band up to? I want to go find mm-hmm. them, you know, because even it's what's weird about Instagram is that I never see band posts because Instagram yeah. throttles most of them, you know? And, uh, all I see like is, is Dwayne, the rock Johnson's like <laughs> tequila post. Thank God. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. I just signed up for like him and Will Smith and like a few other, like, you know, really high production people. Yeah. And all I see, it's just like, all I see is them. Like Instagram just continues to reward the bigger, bigger people, but with, with the less. Yeah. So I feel like it just struck a nerve when you're saying like, yeah, what do I do? I need to get them off of the thing that's not serving me in the way I need to as a musician, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It's hard to do that. Like It's hard to convert people to a new app, like especially something like Instagram that people have just been obsessed with. Like it's but it is, app. you can actually find your most, like, I guess your biggest fans, your most engaged fans are yeah. going to be the ones that we'll go to you. Yeah. You know, and that's almost kind of saves you time to blasting to your entire fan base that you have a store, you've got this, you've got that, because really you just want the people that you know are that yeah. to go there, you know, the ones yeah. that will tip you and support you. I mean, we talk to musicians a lot about that. And it's just like figuring out how to peel your fans off of all the platforms so that they're in a place that you can always control because it's mm-hmm. kind of not going to be one of those things where um, where it's ever going to be for your benefit. Like Instagram's interesting, not to get off on a tangent, but if you think about these companies, their job is to brainwash the public to, and especially the content creators to think, that more fans, more likes, more comments is the goal. It's not the goal, right? Like the goal for you as an artist is people buying your shirts, directly supporting you, coming to your shows or whatever. Yeah, like converting into whatever it is that you're trying to convert them into. And um, and that's the thing that that like, I think we missed the point a lot is just like Instagram's not, their game is not that. They would, be good yeah. in actually helping you that way but but they're not currently well, um, yeah especially with like the the swipe up feature in the story it's only for people who have ten thousand followers when your average yeah you know up-and-coming band doesn't have like no that's, have that's 10, the most ridiculous like, thing ever like governoring that um, yeah i will say just on a quick side note i've never felt more emasculated holding my glass of water <laughs> since i saw you pick up your glass of water 
Yeah, yeah. I've been drinking. A, <laughs> I've been drinking a gallon. I've been, been, been drinking a gallon every day. Yeah, it's, that's that's fantastic, man. Stay high. Gallon. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a lot. My girlfriend, uh, she saw like this Instagram influencer. She got influenced by the influencer, and uh, mm-hmm. now we're doing it. Yeah. Excellent. It's a good way to go. Yeah. If you can keep it going, I've done the water thing. And now I'm like, at yeah. least one liter a day. I'm trying My to one liter this go. thing. Sparkling water. I, I, I drink like 10 of Makes these a day. Lot. Makes you pee a lot. Makes you pee a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. And they say it's like a bladder irritant. Uh, yes. <laughs> Damn it. Why I just that sent that article to him yet, like the other day. <laughs> yeah, man, because I was I was drinking a lot of LaCroix, and I'm like, how come I don't feel better? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right? I know. It's, it's, I it's, still love it, though. Everything's got a side effect. LaCroix. Yeah, that's, that's true. Name. That's a genius name. Um, so let me jump back on yeah. this real quick. So, like, Never Trust the Junkie, you did that at the Rado yeah. uh, production session, right? Was that kind of the first... Yeah. Um, you know, the first song that you saw, holy shit, we're actually getting a fan base. This one's kind of catching fire. Yeah, surprisingly, like, um, I, I knew something was happening because we were playing it locally and live a lot. And like, people were like, talking to us like, what's up with that song? What's the story with that? Like, is that recorded yet? What's going on? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Like, we have one version that we did ourselves um, that we paid, you know, normal style just like fifty dollars an hour go to a studio with a with a local guy in town and we put that on youtube and it was like oh okay that's getting a lot of love and that's crazy mm-hmm. what's ha- what's happening there and then when we put it out with rado and now it's like a, a new version that we sped up a little bit and it's a little dirtier like mm-hmm. uh, um, it has a little more of a vibe to it then yeah that's when we really saw that song take off uh that was definitely the first one yeah we had another song on the ep that did really well like on um burp like the indie rock playlist thing and it, like helped but at at that time in 2012 there wasn't that's like when spotify was just starting so yeah it's hard to tell like when yeah. something blows up on soundcloud or whatever it's like the metrics are kind of weird and you know, where, where are these streams coming from but yeah mm-hmm. spotify definitely helped a lot in 2012. let me ask you a question so you how do you promote your music like how is how is your promotion evolved maybe is a better question like in 2012, yeah. what did you do and what do you do now? Mm-hmm. In 2012, um, I think our, our mentality as a band was just like, let's just put it out there on the internet. Um, and then I met my manager and we kind of learned, oh, this is the steps of like, you know, getting a PR agent, getting a radio person. And I understood, I started to understand that side of the industry. Um, but at the time it's like, let's just put it on the internet. Maybe someone will post it on Reddit for us or we'll post it on Reddit ourselves and, and it can blow up. Uh, it's a yeah. lot of dreaming and hoping, <laughs> you know, uh, yet Facebook, MySpace was gone. It was done. Uh, Bandcamp was a great resource too. Maybe people just randomly found it mm-hmm. on Bandcamp, but yeah, that's how it kind of was back then. And trying to play shows, you know, trying to tour and try to open for people, which was impossible. Um, and nowadays, it's a lot easier because of the algorithm and everyone, everyone has an algorithm. Spotify algorithm is, will just put you on things and it's awesome. Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. You never know with the track. You can just put something out and it can blow up or it, nothing can happen. Doesn't make it doesn't mean it's bad because nothing happened, but sometimes songs don't blow up. Yeah, sometimes that's true. Don't work. Yeah, do you, so, so if, if I'm hearing you right, um, 
you started out like traditional hire the PR do kind of more and you're not doing that as much of that now you're just kind of releasing dripping music out and and putting it out like yeah. putting the word out but my yeah kind of what I'm seeing like with PR is that is that it's really for appearances now like if you want to get on the like you know consequence sound brooklyn vegan pitchfork all that it's for appearances i don't know if that equates to streams or album sales anymore um so you're paying this thousand five hundred dollar retainer and you're not really seeing the results and they don't know how the pr companies can't get you on spotify playlists like they don't know how you're talking i'm talking to them and they like i don't know that's the, the label i think your label should deal with that i'm like well i don't have one like <laughs> So how do I get an editorial playlist? And so the PR, yeah, it's just, it seems a little bit like, you know, it's building credibility for people that care about that. But I think that the newer generations, I don't think they give a shit about that. Like they're not reading blogs. They're they're literally using playlists to discover music or Spotify is just giving them like my daily playlist on Spotify is probably the best, um, yeah, it got messed up because somebody was sharing my account for a little while, but like it, yeah. then it's back to normal again. And I find good music, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's like, I don't even, that's a pretty great way of discovering tunes and I don't have to even spend the time. I just push play and go do stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, and when's the last and- time, I mean, I can't tell you the last time I picked up a Rolling Stone or a Spin magazine. No. Do they I can't even actually tell you the last time I went to pitchfork.com. Exactly. I hear yeah. about everything on the news, on social media, or where I'm at already, I hear about it. I don't and think they make the magazines pitchfork- anymore. Do they? Exactly. Like, the magazine got <laughs> I don't know. with, with the blog. It's, it's kind of like the way it's kind of the way things always go you know it's like tv killed radio you know it's like mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. social media has killed a lot of different things and and uh now we're moving on man and and we're moving away from blogs and and spotify is a great source and tiktok is even better if your song blows up on tiktok that can that can change your life and there's a lot of artists who blew up on tiktok yeah, and same totally. thing with vlogs. If there's a vlogger who uses your song and he has, he or she has a million or two million subscribers, there you go. All because That's of a interesting. vlog or because of a TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting, the world. And it's it, what's even more interesting, we talked to a lot of industry folks and a lot are really forward thinking. Some aren't though, you know, it's pretty interesting to yeah. see how people are just like still trying to really claw hold on to those old models and it's like, fine, keep it. Like, who cares? Is there not, <laughs> you know, it's not where the kids are yeah. anyways. So you're just holding it on. You know, we are going to like these conferences. I think it was that one me and you went to Brian with guy was talking about like, I am starting a streaming company. I'm like, why? You I know, know, like just yeah, why? I, I felt so, so bad, bad for him. For I mean, it's like, I get it. Like maybe, but it's like, no, it's a, he, no. His why? whole pitch, I remember too, was it's for you know like older people who don't want to be bogged down with a lot of the young music that's out there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's called Spotify, and I only yeah. want to hear stuff from the seventies and eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's playlists for that. There's yeah, a place for exactly. that. Exactly. But that I is know. interesting. It's good though that the, you know. It is kind of a little bit wild, wild westy out there right now. You know, there's yeah. blogs, there's TikTok, there's social media. 
at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. How do I get my song heard? So, I mean, yeah. like even the new Killers record that came out, it didn't strike mm -hmm. me at first, but there's a new song, My Old Soul's Warning on it. Um, I've heard it like the fifth time on the radio and now I love the song. You know, it, sometimes it <laughs> takes happens. a couple, you know, so mm -hmm. as, as long as you could get it out there, people could stumble upon it that four or five times it takes to really get in. You're looking at, you know, and, and there are no rules, blogs, you know, social media posts, anywhere where you could get your music out there. But well, everything in, in marketing is, is repetition, right? So that's yeah. always been the way it is. Doesn't matter. Like great songs live for but they usually get ingrained you know like there's songs that i would listen to in high school and i hear it it takes me right back to that time not because like it was the greatest song ever but i was into it and i heard it a thousand times you know anything culture and, club no oh, i just dated myself but, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, so tell us about about your podcast what, what do you focus on what, do, what were your thoughts behind that and how's that going well, I felt like comedians like have a stronghold on this like medium and this like this platform of podcasts. And I'm like, oh, I always watch podcasts with comedians and they're so funny. And then they promote themselves and then they promote their dates. And then you're watching something, you realize, oh, they're promoting, oh, so and so is coming to this town. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, they have a, they have a, a stand up special coming out. And I realized we don't have that. There's not like a big music like maybe once in a while a big musician will come on rogan or they'll go on mark Marin. but like what if there was something like that all the time mm -hmm. discussing the things that bother us and the things that like inspire us and mm -hmm. and that's kind of where i thought oh i should i should do this like if no one's gonna do it then i should do it or maybe the i know rick rubin has one and i've listened to that one a couple times but like um he talks to people who aren't on the same level it's like you know yeah he I can talks listen to, to like Ruben and you know 3000 but he talks to like legacy big artists that yeah, yeah. who aren't They're, dealing with the same issues that i'm dealing with totally i think that's a great method i mean that's yeah. that's we're doing it in a different way but we're having those those basic conversations too it's like real world mm -hmm. you're a musician actually working right now andre 2000 yeah. quit he doesn't even play music yeah. anymore. Well, you know what he's, I mean? he's sitting on a pile of money ordering DoorDash every day. He, he, sure, the, the sure. He's gone. He's the already. Point, yeah. And that was a good interview, yeah. by the way. Like, I, I thought that was, he, he, you know, such an interesting um, convo from there. But no, that, that's smart. I think, and I wonder if having more, if, you know, because like you said, like there's a bunch of, of comedians, right, that do it. Yeah. And, and they themselves, their comedy is entertainment, you know? So they're just talking yeah. about whatever and making you laugh or making at least themselves laugh. And then, you know, but like musicians talk about music all the time with each other, you know, and, and we get and what we haven't really done a lot of and would be interesting to see is just have musicians talk about more about what they're listening to right now oh yeah and why yeah you know what i mean because that's how i always find out about good music because i talk to musicians that i like their music and they'll what did you what are you listening to right this second like look for example what are you listening to right yeah. now uh i'm listening to this band called video age from new orleans they're really great uh my buddy dead may put out a record um also my friend i'm wearing her shirt now rachel rufrano she's from long nice. beach uh she um 
I just got this shirt. That's why I'm wearing. <laughs> that's why I'm wearing it. I'm excited to, to wear it. But she put out a great EP right now. You know, there's just a lot of random stuff that pops in and out. I DJ a lot, so I'm always like digging for like old '70s and '70s disco and '80s mm-hmm. like electro pop. You know, kind of breakdance music, um, old school music that I grew up with. Uh, so I'm always looking for that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's uh, cool. What's your favorite place. record of the last, you know, couple months? Ooh, like that's like hard that you've been listening to at least once man um that's that's a tough one man yeah records records are 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 tough because i'm not listening to records very often you know like let's say let's just say yeah let's just say or maybe an ep or like what's your favorite song right now that's inspiring you yeah yeah i think i really i think i really like uh video age that new video age pleasure line records pretty great like i've been listening to that from start to finish and 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 that's been really, really cool yeah like that's the, uh, that's i miss that like listening start to finish you know i, I got yeah. a couple of kids here so we always try to keep the tv off in the morning and and you know experiment with music usually it's a spotify playlist but i got a record player mm-hmm. they pull out mm-hmm. records and just you know put them on in the background while they're playing and yeah. being noxious or whatever but I put on the Willie Nelson Honeysuckle Rose from the, you know, the soundtrack from the movie the other day. Dude, start to finish, it takes you somewhere. It's something that I lack on any, like a Spotify playlist or random shuffles or mixing around singles. It's what I miss about the journey that got me into music. You know, when I started listening to music, it was... You'd go out, spend every last fucking nickel you have to get that album of what your choice. And you'd come home and you'd consume that album. It feels mm. good to go back there, man. Like, you know, especially because totally. if you've seen the Honeysuckle Rose movie, you know, it kind of moves in the way. So you get this kind of sensation of story, love, heartache, but also this great composition start to finish. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, just just your reaction on what album have you listened to? I had to think about it too. In the last few months, I don't know a new artist who's out. I listened to the new Killers album, Start to Finish. That's a great record, but I used to be so much better at listening to the full record. Totally. Now I only listen to old full records. You know, I find myself only doing that when when I pick up the vinyl. When I when I pick up my my stack of records, and I'm like, okay, let's start. You know, yeah, I can do this and do that. But yeah, a lot of the stuff like you know. I'm doing dishes and I just need something on. I'll turn the podcast now, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I used to do that with music, nice. but now, I'll, you know, you know, if it's something because mundane then I can do two things at once, you know, I think just like there's something about podcasts and I'm quite put my finger on it uh, about why I prefer like when I'm hanging out with friends, it's always music. Right. And so that yeah. that's yeah. like wide ranging from, just what I'm feeling of like, Hey, have you ever heard of this band? Oh no, no. And then I'll play that. Right. And it'll just kind of evolve. Yeah. Um, but with podcasts, I listen to so much podcast content, stupid. Mm -hmm. And I just like to learn. Like I like to just figure out, like I'm always just trying to understand. There's so much going on in our world right now. And like, um, it, I try to find podcasts where the where the person has like half a brain and and like you know or gets people <laughs> on the half. podcast that like 
yeah. that are pretty smart and like expand my mind. I mean, Brian and I run a business. So I listen to a lot of like tech business con uh, things just because there's uh, so much to learn in that world versus you like- You could say that podcasts, you can only listen to really alone. Where music you can listen to alone mm -hmm. and put it on at a party, but you can't really put on a podcast at a party. It would be like two no, yeah. going. Um, yeah. So one of them, I guess, is a little more intimate. I, I guess yeah. it's just for me. It's the it's like learning shit versus being like needing sound in the background to make it not seem so cavernous. You know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. What's it? What's it like for you then? Because if you're yeah. I, I think the same thing. I think uh, if I'm doing something like washing the dishes or taking a walk, I'll, I'll put on a podcast and learn something or hear people talk and find out about someone. But if I'm driving, I'll probably put on music. If I'm, you know, I don't know. But that's also the thing as I'm, as I'm act, as a, as a, as an artist, like I don't really want to be too influenced by other things around me. So I kind of avoid it. So when I sit, when I do sit down and write, it's just, what's coming out instead of like, Oh, I heard that song the other day. I think I should write something kind of like that. You know, mm -hmm. oh, that was a cool, you know? So the part of me wants to avoid uh, listening to, I've always been like that though. Like, you know, people, I remember a friend, I was at a bar once and they were just like, what are you listening to? And I was like, I'm listening to a lot of Glenn Campbell. And they're yes. just like, who's that? You know, I'm just like, I love Glenn Campbell because I can't write Glenn Campbell songs. So it's <laughs> yeah. not going to like influence me, you know? Um, Edith Pia. Like I'm not gonna write songs like that, so I will I will listen to it. Right, you know, John Lennon. I'm not gonna write a John Lennon song anytime soon, so I can I can I can listen to the old, the classics and and just enjoy them and uh, not feel influenced. So then the flip side of that is who can you not listen to, before you're going into writing? <laughs> Strokes. Uh, there's yeah yeah I guess there's a lot of stuff like that. I guess like the I don't know. There's just like friends like my friends like people like Paul Cherry and stuff like that, where I'm like, oh, I really love what they're doing, but I don't want to be them, especially if it's coming out now and it's so fresh, mm -hmm. that it's like, I don't know. I just don't yeah. want to sound like other people. I just want to sound like myself. Of the original sound, that is I the know. never ending journey, that is the addiction. It's, it's you know, music's so derivative, so it's fine, but, but like, but I, I, I got to say, I, I, gotta I do don't even want to record something I feel like there's something new, you know? I don't want to, yeah, it's, yeah. You never want to do already do what you did. Lord knows we know how much time and monotony and goes into making that recording. I definitely don't want to go make the same one. What's, uh, yeah, what's the most innovative band that you've heard in the last couple of years? Uh, innovative. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Or just like different. You're like, fuck, I wish I came up with that. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to say Paul Cherry. Uh, he just produced my next record and I heard that and I was like, oh, okay, good. Because he's like a music school nerd. So it was all these different chords that I hadn't like even like thought about. And it really opened my mind and really inspired mm -hmm. me. I was like, okay, I need to like start opening it up. And, and I, I enjoy the chords that I like a lot of those jazz chords, but I switched. But then you find writing. the major seven. 
the major sevens and you know which are always been a favorite of mine but now it's like the diminished this and the oh, flat yeah. five and it's like okay okay the 11 okay all right and that's something <laughs> I, I figured out through like on the keyboard on playing like i have a Rhodes behind me and that's like what i i've been writing on mostly and mm-hmm. uh, trying to find those chords and just like stumbling upon chords and figuring it out which is something like i don't know i think i'm just too comfortable on the guitar where i know all my tricks already mm-hmm. so moving over to uh, uh the roads has been a, a big help for it. that's cool yeah nice i don't know man innovative innovative bands i don't know i think they're all i don't know yeah. like the last re- the what last say? super innovative i don't know i guess this guy tori moy he's more oh, yeah. yeah like his last record was pretty I interesting to me um yeah i liked I like the I like the new Tame and Paul. I think it's he's got some interesting. He goes to some interesting places on there. He's cool. Yeah, I yeah, can appreciate like, what he does. Like, like it's you know it's it's the style. It's that sound that kind of yeah. But he does go some int- like he there's some risks being taken on that record that I thought were pretty cool. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Those are probably the last two that that I I listened to a few times through and were like yeah you know. But I, I do, I do think Tori Moy is pretty interesting, just sonically. Yeah. It's cool. it's if more, you ever more get a chance style. to uh, see a movie, it might be on Netflix. I know it's on HBO. It's it's from like I guess the mid to late '90s called Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm. Uh, mm. The music in that that's written for the music. It's loosely based on kind of like uh, Iggy Pop, um, David Bowie cool. kind of rivalry back in the 70s um but it's just so awesome like the fake music that they make to sound like obviously music they couldn't afford to license is so good dude so listen to that i don't know if you'll write things like that but it's definitely inspiring and it has like the movies like it's got barry gibb burt Bacharach chords in it it's great oh yeah that's burt Bacharach and barry gibb are my guys that's right that's what i listen to a lot no, that's yeah. great. Good call. Um, have you guys heard of this movie called Bandwagon? Uh, Bandwagon? No. Bandwagon. It's no. like, yeah. Or is uh, I, m- I might be confusing it with Bandwagon esque, which is the teenage fan club record. And I think great the movie record. is just called Bandwagon. Yeah, I love Bandwagon esque. Um, but the movie is called Bandwagon, and it has. Kevin Corrigan in it and they're like this it's like a really weird indie movie but they're a band and all the music in that movie is really good too really 1996 uh, bandwagon yeah wait is it based on the teenage fan club record no I thought it was too when I was younger but it's not yeah oh god Uh, no I haven't seen this but they kind of John Schultz it's it's yeah all right all the music and that's really good and they're just like a 90s alt i guess reme type band and it's super cool it's like that thing you do but in the 90s that's i'm totally checking it out yeah it's hard to find they had it on netflix for a while but it might be on youtube i think Mm. i'll check it out yeah well (laughs) ruben it's been good talking with you man we're gonna have to do this again but thanks um, man let uh what's next why don't you as we we usually kind of let let the uh our guests just tell the audience what's next and where to find Mm -hmm. you and all that yeah man so the best way to just like support don telefonte right now is just like through youtube i'm really trying to build the youtube uh channel right 
right now. Uh, it's just uh, youtube.com slash Dante Lafonte. I am releasing a new album on January 8th through Born Losers Records. Um, we're dropping a new music video next week. And it's just like, yeah, stay connected with the YouTube, the Instagram, and of course, Spotify. Yeah, yeah, those are the best. And all these are at Dante Elefante? Yeah, I've been pretty lucky enough just to get at Dante Elefante. And it's like nice. one of the greatest names ever. But do you ever get confused on like, <laughs> so. you know, Hootie and the Blowfish singer got called Hootie all the time. Do you ever have people yeah, come up was, to you and was, say, what's up, Dante? All the time, and I've just accepted <laughs> it by now. <laughs> That's so Do you, and, then, and then they can find your podcast, Dante Elefante, too. Same thing, right? On YouTube, or, and then, yeah, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple, I think. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Well, this We're, is awesome, um, Ruben. We really appreciate you coming on. But um, let's, uh, let's play our listeners something out. How do we give them the best first impression of Dante Elefante? Why don't you give us a song to play out? Yeah, I think we'll uh, do Call Me on the Phone. That seems to be the one that, that I love the most, and I own 100% of it. So there awesome. you go. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, man. Thank we really appreciate sitting down with you. We're big fans and wish you the best of luck. Uh, thank you. Thank, uh, right. Thanks for having me on. Later, guys. Thanks. Sad. 